Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, has something for every member of your family. Get your family going today at lifetime.life forward slash kids. You know, me being um, a tryout guy from, from way back in the day, you know, I get really excited about seeing those guys who get the calls after the draft. Too. Yeah. Every single year, somebody turns somebody somebody's head. You have a Justin Jefferson who's going to be, you know, primetime spotlighted throughout the entire league for everything. Now you got a Jordan Addison to add to that offense. You're going to know, hopefully halfway through the season, kind of what you're really dealing with. We are one week closer to Vikings football being back as we welcome you to Egan, Minnesota for another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Twin Cities Orthopedics. My name is Gabe Henderson. Tatum Everett is here. Jay Nelson is here. Eric Davidson is here. And uh, it is starting to feel like football again, guys. Not only do rookies report this week for rookie minicamp, but the Vikings official schedule for the upcoming season has officially released. And I cannot wait to break it down with you guys. I'm going to just get right into it, just starting with Week number one, the Baker Mayfield Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in town. The, just the thoughts of that hosting another home game, one, and then two, knowing what the rest of our year is going to look like. What's the feeling for you guys? It feels great. I mean, I love the ability to start out at home. When I talked to Kevin O'Connell after the schedule release, he said that was like their one big thing he really wanted to see. He wanted to see the Vikings open up at home at U.S. Bank Stadium. It went so well last year. But it, he was very quick to uh, to point out that it's a very, very short time before the next game, Jay. It's yeah. a very short time. Yeah, no more, as far as, far as we understand at this point, uh, it is no longer Tampa Bay. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Brady is no longer there. Uh, but it will be fun to be at home. I think everyone's always juiced, especially week one. I think the fans will just be absolutely bananas there on, on September 10th. Um, you know, and the one thing that I do find interesting, something we haven't touched on yet, it's going to be home games leading up to that as well with preseason. So um, being able to kind of have almost like a month at home with some with uh, home schedule and home cooking is going to be kind of nice there to kick off the season. Another point is that the preseason games are leading right into that season opener. So it's like yeah. almost three straight weeks of yeah. home games. Yeah. Two of them obviously being preseason before you kick off the season. Yeah, that first preseason game is at Seattle. We don't know the dates yet for the preseason games just yet. But after Seattle, we have two straight home preseason games against the Tennessee Titans and the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, I'm looking forward to just seeing, you know, what that looks like. Things have been tossed up about possible joint practices. We know we had one with the 49ers last year, so... That'll be a lot of fun for Vikings fans if that is the case. That has not been confirmed yet, but it just makes me think about last year, Jay. Yeah, and I think it makes sense here that you know you would want to do that again. I think there was a lot of valuable stuff you got out of it. I think you get to the point where guys get tired of you know hitting the other guys in the locker room. <laughs> it's always nice to hit somebody else in a different team when you're trying to prove it. Um, so for me, with the preseason schedule shaking out the way it does at Seattle, Tennessee, and then Arizona, both of those at home, and then leading, like we were just talking about, right into Tampa. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, what are your thoughts on the Tampa feeling at this point, feeling like, you know, they're still trying to figure out who their identity is going to be? I think it's great. I think it's a short – I'm not going to say a short win because it's any given Sunday, but the fact that Tampa is still trying to figure out their identity outside of Baker Mayfield. Uh, I believe Devin White or Shaquille Baird got hurt. No, Devin White got hurt last year towards the end of the year. So they're still trying to figure out what their defense is going to look like. So – I think this is a, a, a really good opportunity for the Vikings to strike fast, strike yep. early, and then strike at home and get the, the Vikings fans excited for, I guess, a few gritties. Uh, Jay, <laughs> uh, Jordan Addison, when I talked to him, he said uh, it's going to be grittying all year. So I'm expecting week one. I'll take uh, Jordan it. Addison and the Justin Jefferson gritty. But uh, Justin Jefferson, he, he's going to look, look to get his face back against the Philadelphia Eagles week two, Thursday night football. In a game where J.J. only had six receptions for 48 yards against Darius Slay last year. You guys' thoughts on going to Philly again week two, but this time four days after you have your home opener. It was one of the top matchups to watch yeah. for the NFL when they do their NFL research yep. was Jefferson versus Slay again. So um, they were the first-ranked pass defense last season. We all watched it in action. I think that they are a very complete team. The nucleus is still there. From last year's Super Bowl, the Super Bowl favorites, runner-up sure. run, yeah, and so I do think that that is going to be a massive challenge right out of the For gate. Sure. And the only way that I see maybe a an obstacle against the Bucks would be like, okay, so we're thinking about Philly, sure. 
you know, and, and I know that's probably what Coach O'Connell will be combating that whole entire pre-off season because I wouldn't say they game plan for both teams, but with being four days apart, you got to think they start looking ahead a tad bit. Not really. I think um, since you have all off season to prepare for those two games, you do have a game plan for week one because like everyone's going to be excited for just well, to sure. be back at home. But I think at the same time is you look at it and you say, well, Philly is on the horizon, but like we're not worried about it. We just want to win at home right now. So yeah, to your point, Tatum, I do think Kevin O'Connell is going to stress that, but for a player, I don't think your mind goes too far ahead since it's week two. For me, this is the most hand-wringing game on the entire schedule purely because of the time frame. Playing against a team like Philly, I would love to have your full normal weekly complement of practices, getting your body healthy, all that kind of a thing. This one to me is the one that stood out and I just kind of went like, ah, oh, really? Like we, we have to do Thursday night against these yeah. guys, you know, week two. If it was any other time, like later in the season, you're into your normal routine, that kind of stuff. Um, but it just means that for Coach O'Connell and, you know, the basically the strength and training staff and everything, just trying to get their bodies right to be at Philly on a Thursday night for week two, that that to me just kind of made me grip my teeth a little bit and go, mm. ah, I wish it was just a little bit different. Yeah, and Tatum brought up a good point of playing the number one pass defense in the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, J.J. will play six games against top ten pass defenses in 2022, and week number three against the Chargers will be that second team that was a top ten pass defense in the NFL. And um, The I'll return s- of Eric Kendricks. <laughs> and Eric Smith. Yeah. And Eric Smith, yes. You thought that's where I was going, and then I just took a lefty. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, Eric is one of the, I just remember him, one of the things he always talked about is the love of the crowd, the Minnesota Vikings cheering, what a home field advantage that is like, and I think it's quite fitting that he's yeah. coming back here and being on the other side of so things. Crazy. I do not think he'll be met with booze. No, I think no. Minnesota Vikings fans will go crazy when, you know, he makes a play or they see him on the field. But, uh, you know, they're going to root for him in every other game in the season except for week three this year. I just remember when they pointed out to him that, you know, they were coming back to Minnesota. He's kind of like, oh, boy, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it will be a fun one. I think he will be absolutely juiced to the gills on that one. Uh, it will be nice to get a team uh, like the Chargers at home versus having to play on their turf. Um, I'm, I am looking forward to one thing I love about the schedule this year and, and the slate of teams is the level of quarterbacks that we're going to see. Yeah. And, um, you know, going basically from uh, Jalen Hurts to looking at Herbert, you know, coming in the door, it'll be kind of fun to have him on our turf and see how he reacts to it. Very interesting that we start this season off with three playoff teams from last year, Tampa Bay, Philly, the Chargers, and then Tatum just talked about revenge game for Eric Kendricks. Well, week four, <laughs> it's a revenge game for Adam yes, Thielen. It is. We go to North Carolina to play the Carolina Panthers. Guys, I, I feel like this game is going to be circled for for Adam for sure. But a lot of Vikings fans, because he's he's like the, the hometown hero. So uh, when you when you see that game, Jay, early on in the year against the Panthers, what's the first thing that comes to mind outside of Bojangles? I was just literally <laughs> going to say Gabe going to Bojangles. Uh, one of the things that has always happened in the past that's been really kind of fun in Carolina when we've been there is fans travel well. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing if we get another kind of a little bit of a mini home field piece to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, it is a, a destination where those fans and, and the stadium and stuff, it's a lot of fun. And I think, uh, again, having the feel and tie to it um, is going to be a fun one there with, uh, you know, week four. But hopefully it, it, I'm seeing this kind of home away, home away piece mm-hmm. to it. And I'm hoping actually our fans would, would uh, show up again in Carolina. I know normally a place like that is happier to go to when it gets a little colder uh, here at least. But um, I am looking forward to getting to that Carolina team because, again, I feel like with them having the number one draft pick and then trying to figure out who they are. Again, there's a little bit of a theme between Tampa and Carolina yeah. trying to figure out, you know, who really are they? And I think a, a veteran like Adam on that team is going to help um, with the development there. But I am just curious to see who the heck they actually have as an identity. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's very interesting. I think because, because of obviously winning the division, the schedule stacks up really tough against the Vikings as far as like, Playing division uh, champions, playing the all the conference champion teams from last year. And so you look at the Panthers and you think, okay, maybe this is a good breather game a little bit. You're still on the road. You're still able to kind of figure out your identity. Maybe they haven't yet by week four. Maybe Bryce Young isn't as comfortable as he is going to be week 12. So I, I think this is a good one I you know, to go in and to really um, establish yourself. And I just always think back to 
the last time they played in Carolina with the KJ Osborne overtime walk off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was just, you know, chef's kiss. It was amazing. And that's the thing. Carolina, it's never been an easy place when no. we've been there. It's always been kind of these fun, crazy games. And, and I look forward to it. I think it's great. I, I think it's a fun atmosphere there. I've always liked going there whenever we would play, and um, I, that is a fun one, I think, for week four. Yeah, that game should have been a blowout a couple of years ago. <laughs> we were up by, like, two touchdowns going into the fourth quarter. But the that's, NFL, like, the theme of that season, though. How many times could you have said, this game should have been a blowout? <laughs> like, that's the last two, <clears throat> last two seasons. I mean, Seriously. Yeah. But just look at, you know, October 1st. Like, this is my favorite time of the year because Kirktober will be in full effect, <laughs> and we're going to need that come week number five against the Super Bowl defending champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're coming to U.S. Bank Stadium this year. For the first time. For the first time. And I love that you said it's Kirktober, and we have five games in Kirktober this year. Can't wait. Yeah, no, it's going to be. And I think the last last time the Vikings played the Chiefs, it was Chase Daniel, and it was a not great outcome. So this time you get to play the reigning NFL MVP. And if you don't think that that atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric welcoming the Chiefs in, I don't know. That might be the best home game of the season as far as like crowd noise. And and for proximity too, Kansas City is relatively close. That's true. You know, Mm -hmm. we always end up trapping a lot of people in Kansas City. I expect the same thing to happen. People coming up here, and like you said, with them with this being the first time in the stadium, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to try and see that. For sure. I think uh, as far as the Vikings are concerned, they'd like to see every single seat filled with purple instead mm-hmm. of red. Um, but having a guy like Mahomes come into the house and kind of knowing that you're uh, back to or basically within three weeks, you have Herbert and Mahomes coming in at quarterback. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fun there. The other thing, too, that's a little sneaky in there. Um, Jarek McKinnon re-signed with Kansas City, and uh, Jet was always one of my favorite guys here with the Vikings. Um, it will be fun to see him come back and just see uh, you know, guys like Harrison Smith and everybody give yeah. him a little bit of depth. It'll be fun to have Kansas City come in here. They are literally one of the very top teams every single season now that they've got their reigning MVP, and uh, Kansas City is one that's circled on my calendar. Yeah, well, I guess another one that's circled on a lot of people's calendars is the Chicago Bears. And week number six, one, I guess the only reason why is because we're not going there in December or January like we did last year. So yeah. to go to Chicago week number six, Tatum, how excited are you to to get that first divisional game out the way? Well, I, I feel like after the past couple of seasons, like week six is kind of later for, for, sure. for the Vikings normally. For sure. So to, to kind of be able to have some tape on who the Bears are going to be, what they're going to look like. I mean, they, what, cleared house after this year, brought in a bunch of free agents, have all the draft picks. And so this gives you, whether this is a good or bad thing, but it gives you enough time to see what they are on tape yeah, before sure. they come, before we go there. And I do like saying before we go there and not having to be in Chicago in the middle of December with no dome. The <laughs> fact that we are ending the year that with dome games is like, again, I, how did we get this lucky? <laughs> well, I feel like when <laughs> when Rob Brzezinski talks to the schedule makers and say, hey, you guys didn't give us any of our requests last year, that's a good starting point for negotiations <laughs> this year. So the fact that we don't go to Green Bay or Chicago in the men at the end of the year like last it's year. It's a beautiful I, thing. We're all happy, and we, uh, we thank Rob Brzezinski for that. Um, I know Tatum said the uh, Week 5 game is probably going to be the livest game of, this, of the year this year at home. But I feel like week seven may have a word. San Francisco 49ers, Monday night football at U.S. Bank Stadium. Jay, that's so hold my beer. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of lot of beer drinking that night. Yeah, like, people uh, people going to need their sick notes on Tuesday. <laughs> right, especially if we win. Jay, that, that 49ers game. I can only imagine how that's going to be. Oh, think about last year for those joint practices, how chippy things got. Yeah. And then just knowing there was even just a little bit of uh, war of words after the fact with uh, coaches and everybody, too. I, I I think there's going to be something extra on that one. Um, you know, the idea of having a McCaffrey and, and uh, Ayuk and just that vaunted offense coming in. I'm more curious to see what happens with them at the quarterback position because – um, knowing that you know Purdy ran the way he did last year, but yeah. he's coming off Tommy John. Um, they, a bunch of people are saying that he's not going to be ready, and he's kind of saying, "Now nah, I'll be fine." Um, we'll find out for sure by week seven if uh, uh, Brock Purdy is in there, or if you know something else is going on within for San Francisco. I just, for me, I, I, Monday Night Football is always something extra. Bringing San Francisco to our house on, in, in October, it's going to be a lot of oh fun. Oh my gosh! Yeah. 
Oh no, yeah, I'm I'm really ready for this one. Yeah. I really am. Although when I said when I when I saw it and I was like, oh man, they're coming here, I was like, dang, that's see, that's a fun road trip, right? Hmm. Like oh, granted, yeah. granted the app, you know, it is an enemy territory. We don't have the greatest luck out there. I was like, gosh, that would be really cool to just go out to the West Coast for a for a swing, um, having never been before, but welcoming in, like you said, the Brock Purdy, whatever's going on over there, maybe Trey Lance is in the mix. All that I think is um I think it's going to be one of the more, obviously, one of the more tough games this sure. season. Like, you're going to be, you have the Eagles up there, the Chiefs up there, the 49ers up there. Like, as great as all of these exciting teams coming in are, um, at the same time, I'm thinking, like, there could be a lot of, like, L's in the beginning. Not in a bad way. I just mean in a way where, like, okay, so maybe you kind of have the momentum towards the end of the season and you take it in through the playoffs. I mean, for me, it's, it's you're going to be battle-tested, given that you're playing a a uh, you know number one slot from last year because of your record and you're going to be playing all these tough teams. We're going to know what this team is really about. Yeah. You know, there there really are no there aren't a ton of cupcakes on the schedule, and um, you're going to get everybody's best shot knowing that you have a Justin Jefferson who's going to be you know primetime spotlighted throughout the entire league for everything. Everyone's going to give them best shot. Now you got a Jordan Addison to add to that offense and just to to see what this evolution of this team is going to be. Being able to play, again, Kansas City, uh, the Chargers, San Francisco, and a couple more teams that we haven't talked about yet, Philly, mm-hmm. um, all of those are going to give you the best run that they can. And you're, you're going to know, hopefully halfway through the season, kind of what you're really dealing with. And for what it's worth, I think that people are looking at the Vikings on their schedule and saying the same thing. Like, this is a tough out. If this defense gets, you know, 50% better from last year, this team is going to be a super tough team to, to stop, especially when you think of all the offensive weapons, like you just mentioned, that were at it. Yeah. I, so so granted, I'm saying this ahead of time, like, oh, these really tough teams. But people are saying that about the Vikings now, too. Oh, for sure. I mean, especially if you saw how the Vikings ended their season last year, you would you would assume that this Vikings team would get better with Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator. And um, I'm sure this Brian Flores defense will have a, an identity, especially going into week number eight when they face Jordan Love and the Packers at Lambeau Field. Identity, we will know what this Vikings team is made of by week number eight, Jay. Yeah, uh, what Halloween weekend basically? <laughs> scary, scary. Hopefully, it's not a little scary in Green Bay. Uh, I, I Jordan Love is is my biggest question mark for yeah. this entire division. Um, trying to figure out what they've got. Like we've talked about in the past, Green Bay seems to feel like they've got their guy, or at least are willing to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Um, by that point, he's going to have two months basically under his belt. Um, I, going to Green Bay is always weird. Going to Green Bay late fall is going to be literally the identity of what people say football Americana is supposed mm-hmm. to look like. So um, being able to to go to Green Bay, you know, we've talked about it, not in December, not in January, but being able to do it in October, you're still going to get pristine, uh, uh, I, you know, circumstances and everything for the game. For me, I really want to see if Flores has the defense, um, you know, upgraded and, and and fully integrated at that point. But for two months, I really want to see them tee off on a, on a guy like Jordan Love and really make him have to work for it. So going to Green Bay late October, I think it's perfect. I so, love it. So you're basically saying all of our defensive guys are going to be in a track stance. <laughs> running yes. I, I, but here's the thing, you know, for them, I, I – I'm really curious because Lafleur is going to have a complete game plan going into what he thinks sure. his personnel is going to be. But if you really think about, do they turn around and go from what they've been known for in the past and having kind of gunslinger quarterbacks to more ball control, running back oriented? They, you know, trying to figure out like what are they going to be? We it's been 30 years of a similar yeah. thing. What are they going to be? And and so for me with Green Bay, there's just so many question marks. I really want to see what we've got. So luckily. They're not necessarily a week one team that we're playing. We're playing halfway through the season. Speaking of what what are they going to be, I feel like we've been saying that a lot about the Atlanta Falcons. And for the second straight week, the Vikings will be on the road playing the Falcons November 5th. And we don't know. I mean, there's no Matt Ryan. We don't know if Desmond Ritter is going to be the quarterback. Marcus Mariota is not in Atlanta anymore. But however, they did sign B. John Robinson this offseason. So clearly they're going to try to run the ball in the Vikings. When you look at that Atlanta Falcons game, Tatum, is there anything that stands out? Just the fact that I don't know what to what to think or yeah. what to expect. Fair, I mean, yeah. you really have have no clue. There's going to be 12 teams with new starting quarterbacks. And I mm-hmm. think whenever you have a new starting quarterback, that's kind of what we've been saying for each of these teams that has like that question mark under center. And so um, 12 teams, and we're facing a lot of them, which is kind of exciting. Uh, 
Desmond, for a defensive guy. That's yeah. the thing. If you look at their their uh, depth chart here, Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, Logan Woodside, and Felipe Franks. So like. That is a ver- giant question. And none mark. of them look the uh, same. Yeah. yeah. Like right. they don't have a very similar so skill sets. Yeah. That's really interesting. And, and and for me, with with Bijan Robinson coming in there, like how do you not make him the focal point of that offense? Um, you know, they have a Kyle Pitts still that everyone kind of felt was a little underutilized. Mm-hmm. He had so much fanfare coming in. That, so that, that's the thing. Like he's just a crazy athletic, and I think they're hoping that maybe a guy like Bijan can help free a guy like him up a little bit as so that people aren't having to double or even, you know, triple team against him. Um, but they're so they're so weird in that you just don't know what they are. And they've always been known as kind of either the high flyers with a Julio Jones or, you know, back in the day with Jamal and they were just running like crazy. Mm-hmm. But they always had a Matt Ryan-style quarterback or a Michael Vick-style quarterback to really – be dynamic and I think there's a lot of question marks still about Desmond Ritter yeah does Taylor Heineke su- supplant him within uh training camp like we don't know I hope Taylor Heineke and that's the that thing week. is it, I, you know the Taylor Heineke factor yeah. is is a possibility but I, but and he's a good game like he's a game manager he wins games he's a he's a proven winner and I yeah. think that that's kind of just what Atlanta needs yeah they don't really strike you in the face with their receivers right now. Drake London, Matt Collins, and Scotty Miller are listed as the starters on here. I couldn't tell you any of these people behind him, really, honestly. And so when you think about Kyle Pitts needing to be a bigger part of the offense, that's what Arthur Smith is known for. Like, he was a tight ends coach before he was an offensive coordinator. So it always kind of perplexed me that Kyle Pitts was so quiet. So maybe if they have a distraction like Bijan in the back that everyone's accounting for, you get Desmond Ritter a little bit more comfortable, or Taylor Heineke more comfortable to just not throw the game away and find Kyle Pitts. But then again, how are you not doubling Kyle Pitts when you've got those receivers? Well, here's the thing for them. If, if, <laughs> Sorry. But, they, but, but that's the thing. Yeah. They can go double tight with Kyle Pitts and Jonu Smith. Oh, help. they have John Noon now? Yeah, so oh, I didn't thing. see that. Oh, Patriots. and you know, and yeah. they know Arthur Smith coached John Noon in Tennessee. So yeah. that's the thing is so they can have Kyle Pitts and John o. Smith and they can make it look like they're going to be running and then all that's of a sudden good. they'll okay. fly them out. So like okay. this this Bijan Robinson is probably a, a more important pick than a lot of people realized. And they, everyone knows and they, the talent they, that he has. Yeah. But he given what they want to do with their offense and what they what the question marks are at quarterback, like that might be even more critical than than we That's realized. Yeah. Well, and then, and then I think another point going to the other side of the ball is that they did really beef up their secondary, which, yeah. you know, obviously we have a lot of offensive weapons that would be seeing guys like Jesse Bates, Jeff Okuda, A.J. Terrell, like Bud Dupree's on there. I'm not sure how much gas he has left in the tank, but some of these free agent guys that they've added is um pretty, you know, I mean, they're, they're names. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they they had. I feel like they had a really good draft this year. Um, they drafted some key guys in key positions, and uh, a lot of that is to protect the quarterback, to protect whoever it is, Desmond Ritter or what's his name, Taylor Heineke. Yep. But uh, Taylor Heineke reminds me a lot of um, Derek Carr. And the following week, we play Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints up here. Talk about a new look, Minnesota. Right. <laughs> and we don't. We really don't know what the New Orleans Saints are going to be this year. But that that bodes well for this Minnesota Vikings team coming off of a two-game road stretch back home in front of your fans, Jeff. They don't even know what they're going to look like I mean, it sounds like Michael Thomas is coming back, though. Well, so For how long? So th- I'm just <laughs> saying it sounds like. I didn't confirm nor deny. So you have a guy like Chris Olave. You possibly have a Michael Thomas. You don't know what's going to happen with Elvin Kamara because he's still got legal issues that are hanging over his head. He might get suspended. So, like, New Orleans always brings it. We always have fits with them, especially their defense. Um, you know, like last off- year? Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, offensively, we don't know what they're going to look like. I mean, Carr is a gamer. I like him. Getting him out of a place where it felt incredibly toxic, especially at the end, where he just was basically like, yeah, I'm done with the Raiders. You know, like, get me out of here as fast as possible. Maybe a place like New Orleans, you know, going in as as that uh, big acquisition in the offseason. I think a guy like him is going to see that as a breath of fresh air. He's got some fun weapons there on on in the offense. And so I'm New Orleans defense always brings it. I'm just glad we get to play him at home and don't have to go back down there in order to, to, to face this one. Um, and so it'll be yeah, fun Yeah, that was the London game last night. Yeah. So we don't have to see the Superdome <laughs> in quite some time unless it's the postseason. True. Yeah, you know, I feel like it's always been like a – rivalry game so this is I feel like again that's going to be another just electric atmosphere I do think that the Saints have always responded well when they have a quarterback who has had a lot of leadership in their past Mm -hmm. who is vocal who is experienced 
Um, and I think that that could go a long way. Um, I'm actually really excited about the addition of Foster Moreau as far as what their offense can do. Um, bringing Derek Carr and Foster Moreau back together from the Raiders. Um, the reason I say excited is not because I'm being a homer, but because Foster Moreau was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma recently. And he's battling that. He's a New Orleans kid. He went to high school at Jesuit, went to LSU. And so now he's back as a saint. So I love a little story like that. Um, but I, I and I, you know, I hope that he can be good enough to play. Um, not sure when that timeline is, but to be able to to have Derek Carr have a familiar target there also, I think is another key move by the Saints this offseason. One player that I was really excited about for them that they grabbed in the uh, the draft was uh, Kendry Miller. And just he's coming off. He's got some injury questions and everything, um, you know, and they drafted him, which is probably why he slid a little bit. But, I mean, he could get some run depending on what happens with Kamara. They've got, you know, Kamara, Jamal Williams, and then him sitting third currently. That's a name you might see him jump up like crazy given their situation there. But um, they're not afraid to play their rookies early at either all. No. at all. Look at Olave last year. Yeah. Um, you know, they will pop those guys in there. If they feel like they can trust them, they're going to do it. And so he you might get to kind of that uh, dual running back situation they've had in New Orleans over the years. You know, Alvin's just been quiet s- recently. Well, but, no, but for him, <laughs> he's he's been somebody who's been so dynamic. They're just yeah. like, that's his spot. Why would you take the ball out of his hands? Because he can catch and run. Um, I just think the further you get along, especially at this point in the year, you might see him integrated into that offense a little bit more. Yeah, yeah they got a lot of options down there in New Orleans. It's just finding ways to put it together and not knowing what it's going to look like. Yeah. Especially you're just not sure on. They haven't been good since Sean Payton. Facts. And now Sean Payton's in Denver. Yep. And we travel to Denver the following week. I wonder why that's a Sunday night football game guys. (laughs) Yeah, that is. um, I know we talked, we talked about that on the, um, the schedule release show. That'll be on Vikings.com. It should be out there right now since it's Thursday and we're releasing this and it'll be out. Yeah. So long story short, we talked about that game possibly being flexed back to like a, a 325 kickoff. I just don't understand that. Maybe the the Sean Payton or George Payton. I, I don't understand oh, the Oh, no, it's lines. definitely the Sean Payton versus the Vikings narrative. Most yeah, likely. but like it's – yeah, I guess so. I guess that's it's the also only a, way. It's that's also way. A, a peak buy time, right? Like there are a lot of buy games going on right there, so maybe maybe this, there weren't as, as many pickings. But uh, for me, I think it's I think it's the Sean Payton narrative, if I'm honest. Because like, think about it, if it's if it's Nathaniel Hackett, is that the game that's going to be flexed to Sunday Night Football that night? No, <laughs> I just think it's just it, not. it was Russell Wilson. I mean, no big time quarterback, but that's a big time th- place. As, as you have a total like <laughs> stuff stirring grin on your face, <laughs> corrected uh, myself there. <laughs> I think the thing about it too with Peyton is, you know, last year they went all in for a ton of games, primetime games for Denver because of the Russ factor. I think they're looking at Sean coming in and being able to get the best out of him within that offense. Uh, Denver's uh, weapons as well, especially wide receiver wise, have just felt completely underutilized last year with Hackett. Um, I just feel like with it being Denver, a Sunday night game, November, um, in Denver is going to be absolutely gorgeous. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I have a hard time with them flexing that one out. Um, but at the same point, yeah, there there are question marks to that. Yes, the front office is tied to us. But I, to me, it just feels like they're looking at it saying there's a bunch of young guys. There's there's a new sheriff in town with, with uh, Sean Payton there in Denver. And I think they're thinking that this might be more of a, a – uh, fireworks kind of game scoring wise given what our offense and their offense are supposed to be Patrick Sertan against Jefferson exactly. the return of Javante Williams can yeah. the Vikings stop the run yeah it'd be a lot of man-to-man coverage and uh Justin Jefferson was number one in the NFL with 710 receiving yards versus man coverage last year so not shocking it'll be interesting to see how that bodes for another year for JJ trying to go for 2,000 receiving yards he's got a lot of big big time defensive backs he's going against this year and um you know that next week Monday night football Chicago Bears back-to-back primetime back-to-back primetime games there's I love five that. I love I this love it. it's I gonna love be it. awesome and I love the fact possible, that most possibly of them, seven possibly seven I love the fact that most of them are at home yeah 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 just for selfish reasons for sure yeah <laughs> I just feel like uh Vikings in primetime last year weren't Good at home. So I much rather this is this is really and I Ron talked a lot about this in the schedule release show. This is really going to test 
primetime Kirk and yeah. the and the tired narrative from the national media, can Kirk win primetime games? The noon nightmare. I mean, that's the thing, but you want to see Kirk Not win Not that many those. noon games. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking about with it being primetime, um, you know, I, I was one going into the schedule thinking before I even saw anything saying, I don't know how many primetime we're really going to get. You know, I know you've got a Justin Jefferson and you've got some other high profile people, but how much are they, is the the league or the, the national side going to buy into what we're selling? And when I saw five primetime games here, I was like, oh boy. And then when I saw back to back at Denver and then home against Chicago. Jay, they're all in. I, ooh, that's they're great. all in. I, I love it because I, I want this team to get as much promotion as possible so that people understand what the heck we're working with. I love that pressure. I love the idea of being able to showcase what we've got. And I, I really do feel like if they're, they take that jump defensively. Like this is a scary team, especially within the NFC. Jay, being from Minnesota, you yes. just made a good point. You just made me think about just the state. This is the first time that the Vikings have, have ever had this many primetime games in one season. Yeah. Understanding that, like, is that like for a for a Minnesota native, like a diehard Viking fan, like, does that get you excited? Does that get you nervous? Like, what's that emotion? Uh, to me, it makes me feel like you're people are they have high expectations for you. You know, in the past, you'd play your noon games and stuff. I love noon games because then you get the rest of your day to do whatever you got to do. But um, I've always been somebody who loves primetime games because that is the singular focus typically. If it's not week one and they got the doubleheader and all that kind of stuff going on, if you're the Thursday night game, the Monday night game, or the Sunday night game, the pomp and circumstance that comes with that is always fun for me. And it also means that everybody is watching everybody wants to see what you've got and it means to me that you've got something special so i'm hoping that you know given that we're set up for success that way that we actually you know show up and show out and have fun with it and i hope that um like you guys were just talking about the whole narrative and all that stuff that stuff flies out the window because if we can rip off a bunch of wins against high profile people on these primetime games I, i think it's awesome for this team yeah, th- that would be awesome. And um, this Chicago Bears game, it I feel like it's a trap game for two reasons. Okay. One, Thanksgiving is the Thursday before. So instead of us playing Thursday like we have last year or playing Sunday, we play Monday. Sure. So I know it sounds cliche, but like, will that, you know, Thanksgiving hangover affect this team? Right? We don't Maybe, know. Maybe, but there's a looming by the next was, week. That's my oh, second. Sorry. No, you're I, good. I that was, that was my second. Um, my second reason why I think it's a trap game, because it's like, okay, well, we get our Thanksgiving, but we also get a bye week next week, and we're at home. If it was Sunday night, maybe. Yeah. But the fact that it's Monday night, then you've got that extra day Yeah. after the Thanksgiving you and that kind of stuff. You can run off the extra turkey you ate. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for me, it's, it's the idea of even if there is, quote unquote, the distraction of Thanksgiving and all the other stuff, you can still be back there on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and getting that extra day on Monday knowing that you have the bye. I think that is even more of a way for the coaching staff to look at the players and go, you have a week coming off of this. I need your best effort here on Monday night to knock this out and then go into the bye the correct way. I mean, we went to the bye week the correct way last year, playing the Miami Dolphins and then having a bye and then playing the Arizona Cardinals. So clearly Kevin O'Connell knows how to, I guess, prep these guys up. If you would feel, if you felt nervous about it, I would feel more nervous of it was an away game the fact that it's a home game at monday on monday night against the bears that place is going to be bananas at us oh Bank my Stadium. gosh but that week 13 bye i was doing some research and um i believe the la- the latest the vikings have had a bye in franchise history was week 12 in 2019 okay so week 13 bye I- i'm a little uncertain if that's good or if that's like worrisome for this vikings team i mean you you have five games left at the end of the year but I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I asked C.J. Ham this yesterday, who's going to be our guest uh, on the show today. And, and I just said, like, how does that feel? And he was like, you know, you just you kind of just roll with the punches. So that I mean, it's kind of a cliche answer, but I, I've never seen a team with the buy this late. I know there has there has been, but don't they go into like 14? It's, I believe so. But like, that's 14 I mean, as a fantasy latest. football player, the I think 14 is the latest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, but I am drafting. I am just side note. Total fantasy nerd over here. Yeah. I am like stocking up on Vikings offensive players. If my week, if my week is 13. 13 for a buy. You kidding me? Yeah. My guillotine team might all be Viking players. <laughs> I think this sounds like a homer. <laughs> I'm going off Do you of work scheduling. For this yeah. <laughs> I think Do the... you have inside information? No, I don't. I just. Wouldn't that be great though? Like, <laughs> no, if we, like, if we play that's fantasy, cheating. 
and like we won every week. I know Tatum. Is, she the NFL would be yet. like, okay, so how much are your earnings? Are you going over what you can actually earn? Are yeah, you yeah. playing by the rules? You know, we have a gambling policy. <laughs> yes, okay, I do. Williams. Calvin, <laughs> Calvin Ridley. Ridley. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> Detroit Lions. For that, but uh, yeah, go ahead, Jay. I was going to say is that being a week 13 bye, I think coaches tend to say if we can get to like week 10, then we're happy because it feels like kind of the split halfway through the season. You start leaning towards 13, you're just hoping that there aren't looming injury, injuries or things that they would normally want people to get right. 13 can actually be a little advantageous because if you have a five-week run after that for the rest of the season and then hopefully playoffs after that, that actually might end up being – you know, the buy to help you get healthy. And then depending on what happens uh, playoff wise, if you're still in the hunt that way, that would be actually kind of advantageous to have that that 13 week to, to get fully healthy to make that final sprint for the final month. For sure. So like recapping, you, you get week 10, you get the, the, the Saints at home and then you get an extra break. You go to Denver and get a Sunday night football game. And then you get an extra day of the following week and you get Monday night football against Chicago Bears in week number 12. You get a bye week, week number 13. And then week 14, you go out to Vegas to face the Las Vegas Raiders. There's a lot of people that are circling that one on their calendars. Yeah. Um, just get some sun. That's the thing. With, well, and everyone was hoping that game wasn't going to be September or even <laughs> sometime earlier in the year with it being December and hopefully still nice and warm there in Vegas, December 10th. Um, I think that's going to be a fun one. Again, another team that we just don't know what the heck they're going to be, um, especially after losing Derek Carr. Um, but... Vegas is always a crazy time. That stadium is amazing. Um, I really like Allegiant Stadium. Uh, I've done some tours there and been through it, and I know that people had a good time there with preseason last year. So hopefully uh, December 10th, uh, people are really going to start booking those flights as early as possible and getting ready to head to Vegas. I mean, you might as well book book your flight after the Chicago game. Book your flight December 1st and just stay out there for, I guess, nine or ten days. I'd say uh, go to the – the site right now and book your flight because <laughs> those flights are going to fill up fast and they're going to be a little little extra pricey the, the longer you wait. I think the best away game this year is going to be week number 15. A date and a time is not determined yet, but that Cincinnati Bengals game week 15 at Cincinnati is going to be huge. I mean, you got I can't wait. just the LSU. I mean, just the LSU storylines there with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, uh, Justin Jefferson, so on and so forth. Ed Ingram. Uh, yeah. Blocked right. for I mean, Joe. I mean, you can the two the two rookies this year. And Lel Collins Jay, is on the Bengals offensive. Yeah, Jay Ward also. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaquel and Roy. Like there, there's so many ties in this game. But I'm I'm excited about that week. Week 15. No date, no time, but it is the Cincinnati Bengals, guys. Uh, I mean, I you know I'm I love football, <laughs> and I I think I I follow players more than teams now more than ever, and obviously I have a deep love for the Vikings being in this building. I want them all to succeed, and I want them to beat the Bengals. I just love Joe Burrow. I'm unabashedly and one of my favorite all time players ever. Um, for obvious reasons, and I just think that the way that he went into Cincinnati and turned things around, I wouldn't say single-handedly, obviously, because great coaching staff has to help turn things around. They spent $300 million on their defense. They've made years. so many improvements. They've put people in place to keep Joe Burrow safe um, back there. I mean, they, to me, like, first of all, they should have been in the Super Bowl, too. I won't go there. But, like, I just, that team is so interesting to me. Um, I... That that would be a signature victory late in the season that says the Vikings are here. We're going to make a playoff run. We're going to make some noise in the postseason. You need to take us seriously. Like if no one's taking you seriously up until that game, that is the game where you go out and you say we're we've arrived. I always want to see us play at home against top tier talent. But going to a place like Cincinnati and if you can you know, pull the W out of that one. Like you said, I think that's going to be a, a lot of people on notice. And again, with all the primetime games, people are going to be paying attention to us. But that one in particular, I feel like uh, it, there's going to be something different. There's going to be something extra. What I am curious about is the fact that it is to be determined. I know later in, later in the year with uh, college football and everything being done, is that going to be a Saturday game? Would it be a Sunday? What are they going to do? The other thing, too, that's going to be a little different this year, and we haven't even touched on it, is the idea that teams could potentially play two Thursday night games mm-hmm. uh, because they can do the flex scheduling for Thursday. So, again, like it, it, it really depends. I don't know if they would do that to us given that it's um, uh, at Las Vegas and then at Cincinnati back-to-back Like two back-to-back away games? Yeah, That'd probably not. And, and the crazy. only thing off of that then would be the following week is a home game, but um, it's still – 
with it to be determined. I know one person that that's not going to be overly happy about outdoor December game in Cincinnati who's been begging for this game. Cy Amundsen. Cy <laughs> <laughs> would have preferred this one to be a little bit warmer, but uh, it will be fun to see, uh, you know, what he ends up doing out there in Cincinnati. I know he's uh, really looking forward to seeing his hometown team come out to Cincinnati. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be for sure the coldest game of the year. And uh, Vikings fans <laughs> are very excited about that. But uh, I'm going to just rattle through these next three to, to round the season off. The Vikings have the Detroit Lions at home on Christmas Eve, December 31st at home, Green Bay Packers. So I guess you can. Watch that game and then go to your New Year's parties afterwards. If and you then, can make it. If you can make it. Hopefully, it's, I guess that'll, yeah, you're I right. mean, if there's like yeah, an overtime right. or something, we're all ringing in the New Year together. Maybe, maybe after a win, we have fireworks and we count down and everybody stays in, in, at U.S. Bank State. That's a that's a great way to sell tickets. Go tell come, go tell a third floor. I was going to say, marketing. the New Year with the Vikings. Marketing needs to listen to what Gabe's selling. Well, I heard that there's like a club yeah. inside the Vegas arena. I mean, uh, stadium. Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, where like they do that. If they have like something like that, they're like, okay, so the game's over. Come to the club and bring in the new year. It's kind of like uh, the Forum back in the day with the Lakers. Yeah. The, I guess the Vegas. That's Vegas for you, though. I know. So maybe <laughs> yeah. be like, come party with us. Come party with us in the Delta Club. <laughs> that almost, <laughs> yeah, almost says something. It's gonna be nuts. Popping <laughs> bottles and Medtronic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be nuts. I, I, I'm I'm happy we get those two division teams back to back, Detroit and Green Bay at home. Um, I would have liked some of those to be spaced out a little bit more, right. but we all know yeah. how the back end of the season gets loaded. The fact that half of our uh, divisional games are in the final three weeks of the season, uh, that means you're going to help control your own destiny. To me, it tells me that the NFL is just like all in on this Detroit-Minnesota top end Clearly, of the conference. Two out of three weeks and to end the season in Detroit. Division, that's, I, mean. uh, I feel like that'll be for the divisional championship. And we've done that before. We've had this kind of scenario happen before where we needed to get a, a final week or final game of the year to get in and, and Detroit spoiled our party or whatever like if Detroit is real and Detroit is going to take that next step up, those three games at the back end of the season are going to be incredibly fun and incredibly critical. And the fact that two of those are at home are going to be huge. The The final one of the year at Detroit still to be determined as far as time and date. Again, they're going to try to figure out if this is a prime matchup for the division. They're going to want to flex that thing to late game or even prime Especially time. Especially if it's like winner wins the division yeah, and exactly. the Lions haven't won in or how long. Or winning get in kind of a thing. Um, but having those be home, home away um, against Detroit and getting them twice in essentially three games, uh, that that's going to be a little more daunting than I think a lot of people think. Well, coming on this final stretch of the season this year, especially those last three games, veteran leadership is going to have to be key if this Minnesota Vikings team wants to make that late playoff push. And a guy who understands what veteran leadership is and winning late in the season is our special guest of today's show, Mr. C.J. Ham. All right, Minnesota Vikings fullback C.J. Ham is here. And uh, C.J., we we talked a little off camera about the schedule release, in which we'll get into. But um, just being in the locker room today, I feel like everyone had the same face and same reaction after the offensive workout today. What was the workout like today? And like, why is every why is everybody like, <laughs> I guess, sucking wind? Um, I mean, we're we're really just putting it, putting in work. I, love I mean, it. um. Off-season training, you got you got to train through some of the soreness, um, lifting, running, sprinting, running long routes. So, uh, just putting in the work, and you know, after you know, going going on our fourth day, you get a little sore, you know, and that that happens. And uh, uh, we got the we got a three-day weekend to recover. Nice. You got second year with these guys now, the second off-season, I guess, with them. Has it has how have the relationships built? I guess from this time last year. Yeah, um, it's been great. Um, obviously. Having majority of the guys coming back and uh, just being able to, uh, you know, hit the ground running, uh, you know, have, having a little bit of, of a tune-up and just reminders, but just ultimately being able to come in and uh, not necessarily learn a new system, but just kind of remind ourselves and then go out there and be able to, you know, get get ahead and get, get ahead quickly. Congrats on the extension. I don't think have, you haven't done a interview since your extension, right? I have not. I have oh, congrats, okay. congrats on that. I appreciate it. That was wow. a big deal. It. it was. It was a big deal for us. To to be able to start your career as a Viking and hopefully finish it as a Viking, like that that has to be rewarding, right? Like what's that what's that? Yeah, thing? it's it's a blessing. Um, you know, just to be in the league as long as I have now, going on to, you know, year eight with the Vikings, was it seven on the active roster? Um, it's just a blessing in and of itself, you know, being able to look back 
and you know see where I started from as a, as a trial player to um, you know making it active to signing my first extension to now signing another one. It's crazy. Um, you know I just look back at it and just just see how God has been just very faithful and um, you know he's he's got something brewing for me here and uh, I'm just excited. My family's excited. We get to stay home. Not to get too into the weeds with like the negotiation process. But how was it knowing this coaching staff, willing to work on it, willing to bring you back, wanting to bring you back, wanting to work this out with you? What was that process like, and what did that mean to you? Um, it meant a lot. Um, you know, you know. Obviously, uh, we all know how last year last year went. We won a lot of games, um, but you know, playing time for myself went went down went down a tick. And um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm I'm trying to do whatever I can to you know help help the team, but. I also want to compete. I love. I love to compete. I love to play. I want to help our team win, and um, yeah, it showed me that they were able to look back at everything, look at the tape, and um, you know, see something that you know they want to do more of. Um, so it just showed me that they that they still saw value in me, and uh, yeah, we're just really excited to be back for the next three years. I feel like even though your usage went down, your level of impact went up. Like there, there's yeah. a, a handful of guys that I've that I've talked to that said like you've given them tidbits for the off season. Pilates is one you've been like telling people <laughs> to do Pilates or take care of their body like where does that I guess where does that come from like what what did you what have you learned along your career that has helped you give back a little bit and give little tidbits I mean really just um you really got to take care of yourself um early on in my career I I'd say I didn't do a lot of the extra things to make sure my body was able to perform and just be at, be, be at its best um I kind of just practice and take a shower and go home, um, you know, but over the years, talking to so many people, just learning, uh, you know, the, the Pilates, the, 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 you know, spending time um, in the training room, the massage therapist, the acupuncture, um, those are all things that have, I think have helped prolong my career. And as I get older, uh, I'm feeling better and better each year too. So that, that, that just goes to show um, that investing in your body really does help. You know, you hear about the LeBrons and the Russell Wilsons and how much money they invest in their body and like, you know, you might think it's crazy, but it really does make a difference. So just trying to share that with, um, you know, guys on the team, guys, you know, my, my, my running back room. Uh, we actually do Pilates every Friday morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I love that. Uh, as, as a group. So uh, we just love it, and um, it's making us all better. That's one of the hardest workouts Oh, man, ever. no joke. Yeah, that reformer no is no ever. joke. No joke. What, what has it helped you improve upon, like Pilates specifically? Just total body awareness. Um I mean, I, I can definitely tell, like, when I'm doing a workout, if I'm feeling it in my low back, um, I know I know what I need to turn on. I know I need to, you know, tilt my pelvic my, my, my pelvic floor, um, you know, forward to, you know, take it, take it out on my low back. And just, um, you know, my deep ab core muscles have been able to uh, I've been able to activate those and use those. And when I when I sprint, when I move. Um, so, yeah, Pilates, is just, it's, it's been it's been amazing. All right. Now to the fun stuff. Let's Schedule go. release. Man, you're you're what seventh, eighth schedule, different schedule release. I know, and I, and I know we had a conversation yesterday, and I was like, like, how excited are you for the schedule? And you're like, dude, I just take it one day at a time. And I was like, dude, that's not a great way to live life. <laughs> but at the same time, like when you look at this schedule, five primetime games, possibly seven. What about this schedule gets you excited just for another year? I mean, that's that's really it. I mean, I mean, obviously, just having another season is a blessing in and of itself. But like you said, having five primetime games. Um, just shows that the NFL wants to see us play and they want to have people see us play. Um, so that gets me excited. And, you know, we love, uh, you know, these guys on this team who just love to shine, right? So um, to give us those opportunities to go out there and, and, and play in front of everybody, um, you got you got to bring a little extra juice. And as competitors, that's, that's what we're trying to do. What about the home opener? It's uh, the season opener, mm. being able to be at U.S. Bank Stadium again for the second straight year. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Love it. You know, just opening up at home is is always it's always a blessing yeah. uh, to be able to you know go from training camp to preseason and then just stay at home for that first week not have to travel um families get to come get to come in and uh it it's always it's always awesome man the US bank is always rocking and uh you know we love our we love our fans man i can't wait like i'm just thinking about last year green bay had a different effect just because it was green bay home opener but home openers at us bank stadium like there's a reason why U.S. Bank Stadium was voted the best sporting experience in sports because as a fan, you can feel it. But as a player, what are home home openers like for you when you like run out the tunnel for the first time? Man, it's, it's there's there's not a lot of words that can explain it. 
Um, but I, I know it's just different because every time I tell I tell somebody, man, U.S. Bank is just different. Mm-hmm. And I talk to other, I talk to my teammates who come from different teams. I've talked to uh, you know other players, and they're just like, man, U.S. Bank is U.S. Bank's a really nice place. I mean, uh, your your guys' fans are amazing. Um, the venue itself is just just top notch. Um, so yeah, it's it's just different, man. Just to have to be inside, but it feels like you're playing outside. Yeah. Uh, that that feel is just unmatched. I haven't I haven't been to another another place that feels like that. You know, a lot of the indoor places just feel like you're enclosed and it's dark. And uh, U.S. Bank is just so bright, and you know, especially at a at a noon kickoff, yeah. and there's nothing like it. It's just so aesthetically pleasing. It is. It is. <laughs> They really thought about it, Everything's right? Everything's great. Everything's the natural light in the building is beautiful. <laughs> um, I, you all, I also wanted to ask you: um, Have you ever had a week thirteen buy something that late in the season? I, I don't think so. I mean, I know it's like if I had a week eight buy or a week ten buy. Um, what do you yeah. think? Yeah. What What do you think it'll be like? I guess you know having to play those twelve straight games before you get a break. Really. <laughs> Definitely a grind. You know, <laughs> yeah. on paper you look at it and you're like, man, that's 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 a lot of that's a lot of football before before we get a break. But uh, at the end of the day, once you get rolling, you're rolling. Um, especially if you're if you're hot and um, things are starting to go great, man, you just want to keep playing. Um, so um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I won't really know how it feels until until we're, until we're in it. But uh, on paper, it seems like a long time. But I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of ways to build in the rest days. There, you got a couple of Monday night football games and the Thursday night. You know, you get the two f- games like within four days, five days of each other in the beginning. You get like five different like longer weeks this yeah. year. So yeah, that that helps. But I mean, there's only one team in franchise history that has had a buy this late. Like technically, this is the latest buy in franchise history. Like in oh, 1991, wow. there was a week 14 buy, but like that was earlier. That was like an earlier date. So mm-hmm. this is this is, I mean, you guys are experiencing history for the first time. Oh, that's wild! I didn't even know that. But, <laughs> but do you do you feel like do you feel like that is advantageous having a late buy? Like, what about that a buy that late in the year makes it advantageous versus disadvantageous? Yeah, I is mean, disadvantages a word. I just made it one. Who cares? I don't know. It is. It's all good. It is now. <laughs> it's all good. Um, you know, I feel like there's 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 pros and cons to 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 to, to both. You know, sometimes you have an early buy, and um, you know, then the rest of the season feels like really long yeah. and it's a drag. Um, but you have that late buy. You have, you always have something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you always have something to look yeah. forward to. December. I can't like, wait. That for buy's that. coming one of these weeks. When is it? Yeah. I don't know the schedule. Yeah. Uh, but well, then again, CJ, you just take it one day at a time. I do. I do. <laughs> but yeah. But then again, though, like it's 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 nice to get to get things rolling and yeah. um, just 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 to get into a, a rhythm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, and you know, if we get hot during those first thirteen weeks, like it's, that buy's going to feel really really good too. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, yeah, man, we'll, we'll just see. But like you said, I, I, I've always just taken it one day at a time. Yeah, you know, I, I go, I go, I go into <laughs> I every, go into every work week and be like, all right, who we got this weekend? You know. So. Yeah, I think fans get a little more excited about that because then they're like, okay, now I know what my fall is going to look like. I know what weekends I got to be at the stadium. Yeah. I know what games I want to travel towards, things like that. How much when you're watching? And we just obviously went through the NFL draft. And the Vikings added some pieces. Rookie minicamp begins today. It's going to be, or they report today, begins tomorrow. You see a lot of fresh faces. And a lot of those guys are going to be under your wing in special teams. And I know that there are a couple of guys who've already said, I am pumped to play. I want them to put me in on all special team snaps. I'm ready to go. Have, is there a name that maybe popped out during the draft? Or do you pay attention to that of someone that maybe could be a real weapon for you guys on that side of the ball? You know, I... No, I don't really. Yeah, you wait till they get here <laughs> yeah, to like, get to know them. I, I pretty much, pretty much wait yeah. till they get here, and um, you know, me being um, a tryout guy from from way back in the day too. It's uh, you know, I get I get really excited. I, I love the draft and I love the process, but I get really excited about seeing those guys who get the calls after the draft too. Yeah, and those guys who get the rookie minicamp invites because I know there's a lot of guys who may have not gotten the opportunities in college or didn't didn't go to a big enough school to get the uh, notoriety, but um. They deserve to be in this league, and they every single year somebody turns somebody somebody's head, and I'm sure that'll happen this year too. And I know that, that there, there'll be an undrafted guy or rookie minicamp guy who, um, you know, Coach Hat or uh, you know that Coach Hat season's like, man, this, this this guy can ball. You know, that's that's what happens every single year, and I'm excited to see you know see see who that is this year. Yeah, I love that part too. Yeah, and one thing I also enjoy is um, you being available for the next generation because. 
when when younger kids get an opportunity to touch somebody that's in the NFL or like see someone actually live out their dream and your story of being a, a, a undrafted free agent and working your way onto your onto the Minnesota Vikings roster, that that only provides hope and uh, understanding that you're having your fourth annual football camp this year in your hometown Duluth. How does that feel? Just first and foremost, having your fourth time your fourth time doing this, but also providing an opportunity for the younger generations to be able to touch you. Yeah. Um. First off, maybe made, made me sound very old. You you are man. That's, you are. That's tough. It's okay. Just accept it. <laughs> if you call okay, but if you're talking about CJ, you're probably older than CJ. If you call than CJ, CJ old, then like older, yeah. you want it, come it, on now. But I, I just gotta rub it in. I gotta. You know, I can't wait to like text CJ when he's done with football. Like four or five years from now, I'm like, yo, what you got planned for the weekend? Because it, it can't be. I, I know it's just another day. But yeah, it, true. I, I haven't even thought that far yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. no, I ain't worried about that right now. I just tried to like revert the conversation from calling my cell phone and put it back on CJ. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's it, it's truly a blessing to um, be having our fourth camp in Duluth. Um, we're actually doing our first camp in Sioux Falls here in a couple of weeks too, um, June fourth. But um, to be able to bring this back home to to Duluth has always been really special to me. Um, I feel like you know Duluth has a lot of great athletes, um, but a lot of the times. You know, not a lot of people are going to northern Minnesota, um, you know, necessarily for recruiting or there's not a lot of big, big time recruits that come out of there. And, um, you know, not a lot of schools are going there to do a lot of deep recruiting, especially for football and basketball, hockey for sure. But <laughs> yeah. uh, some of those others, I mean, especially not football. So it's just nice to be able to bring that back, um, have some, you know. When I was in the Boys and Girls Clubs growing up, uh, you know, whenever the Vikings came to Duluth or the UMD football players did an event at the Boys and Girls Club, it was, it was always something really special to me to be able to look up to um, these people that I aspire to be someday. Um, so for me to be able to do that now, I only want to do that because somebody did that for me. And um, it's always been it's always been a great success. Um, kids come out and have a great time. And um, I, I just love being back. I love that community. They they mean the world to me. CJ, if you want if you want to feel even older, man, you're the you're the second longest tenure Viking on this roster. Mm. So um, I'm mm. excited for these kids to be able to to get your wisdom and your advice. Do you know <laughs> who number one is? <laughs> got to be Harry. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, <laughs> trivia, quick trivia right. question. But yeah, man, we we appreciate your time, and I'm uh, just looking forward to seeing you work this off season, and um, just seeing you grow as a human being is is first and foremost, in my opinion. But just seeing how you've been able to impact others, man, we're we're excited, and Vikings fans are are very pleased and excited to have you back this year in purple. I appreciate it, man. It means a lot. Yeah, you are a fan favorite, and there was a lot of excited Vikings fans after yeah. you signed that deal. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Well, guys, we just had CJ Ham on, and um, we, I guess, just recapped the schedule to start the show off. Uh, just to end it, just overall thoughts on the schedule this year. I know Tatum thinks it's very favorable. Ron Johnson says it's not favorable. I mean, still, I think selfishly like, it's favorable. Yeah. I like that that, you know, you don't have three straight home games. I like that you don't have back to back till the end. I feel like the balance between traveling and staying home is kind of there for a player. I feel like the late bye week might be helpful. I know that that might be a cold take. Um, no one really kind of may agree with me on that one, but I think that that might be good heading into the postseason kind of feel for me personally. Um, I do think that it is a little bit. You know, like there's a couple Monday games, there's a Thursday game, there's just like a wide range range of things for fans. So I like the fact that there's that many primetime games. I like playing the division games a little bit later in the season. I don't know. And that's why, that's why I think it's favorable. I also just think as a fan, like I'm looking at this and I'm excited. I'm just excited about the way the layout is. I think it's better than last year's. Yeah, for sure. I think, well, there are five opportunities for this Minnesota Vikings team to get at least one extra day of recovery this year. So the fact that you get that, that, that does bode well for this team, but also it keeps your guys healthy. So it'll be a tall task for this, for this team. Um, when you finish first in your division, you get the best team in the other divisions every year. So We'll get to see what this Minnesota Vikings team is made of this year. I think the three toughest road games are at Philly. Um, the Denver one is always daunting for whatever reason. And then at Cincinnati, you know, those those three to me are going to be interesting as far as how we handle that. On the flip side, I like the idea of having the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Niners, mm -hmm. New Orleans, and yep. then Detroit, you know, in some capacity there at home. Great. Having those kind of games that are going to be more difficult, but at least favorable in your building, mm -hmm. that's going to be more helpful. I if, if it was reversed and we had uh, Philly, uh, 
Denver and then Cincinnati at home, you're like, great. But if you had those other ones sure. on the road, I no, think it would be a lot right. more difficult. Yeah. So having those 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 top teams coming to your house, I think, is going to be a little bit more beneficial. And you're getting the NFC South. Like, if you're going to have to play the best teams in every con- division, yada, 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 because you won, at least you're getting the NFC South. Right. They were garbage Terrible. last year. We had the NFC East last year. Yeah. And that was. Could you imagine if you had that this year? I mean, <laughs> we they, the well, they got them last year and they were pretty good too. But I mean, two, that's what I'm two. saying. Besides the Eagles, two. yeah, like, thank goodness you don't have that schedule. You don't have those teams. So, I mean, it's the 18th, it's the 18th strongest schedule or tied with the Bears. So, to me, I'm thinking that's pretty average. Yeah. It's an yeah. NFL schedule. It's not too hard. It's not too easy. It's just right. It's always the piece of, you know, typically half of the playoff teams from the year before go by the wayside and somebody jumps out. Uh, I am I am curious to see who that's going to be. If I had to go through any of these teams and feel like somebody that may be um, somebody that would jump out, one of the teams to me is New Orleans with Carr at quarterback at this point. Um, again, they're dealing with some weird stuff in their locker room just given uh, Kamara's situation. But uh, they're a team to me that, that if they do take the next step with a veteran quarterback at this point, they could be somebody that could be scary there in Week 10. I think it's a, a healthy balance. Like the NFC South isn't the strongest division, but at the same time, you face the AFC West, which you know going into 2022, everyone was saying this is the, the this is the best division in football. So the Vikings will be battle tested for sure. But I, I would like to see what we're really made of. 13 and four, a lot of teams or a lot of pundits or a lot of experts are saying we didn't really deserve that. Winning 11 games by one point like that that doesn't happen very often. So let's see how that works with this same offense this year and Brian Flores leading the defense. In the end, your record is what you say, you you know, what you've earned. Right. You are it's what true. your record shows. And, um, you know, you did earn 13 wins last year, albeit lots of them by the skin of your teeth at the end of a game. But the fact that you showed that you were able to prove that you could win in tight situations, hopefully that carries off to this year. And you just, instead of making all those games tight, you can get some more blowout definitive wins and uh, save all of our sanity a little bit. You're looking at the defense getting just a bit better. You avoid those one-score wins. Yeah. You don't necessarily need them. Close if the defense out. can just finish strong. Eight, ro- eight home games, nine road games is the task for the Minnesota Vikings this year. And uh, we want you all to experience at least one of those Vikings home games with us. So head on over to Ticketmaster.com or go to Vikings.com to get your tickets for the 2023 Minnesota Vikings schedule. For Eric Davidson, Tatum Everett, CJ Ham, and Jay Nelson, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning into the schedule release edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast.